Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. And I'm Brian Dawes. And today we're talking about Innistrad, specifically the world of Innistrad. So this entire fall and winter up until the end of the year is going to be Innistrad season because we have two sets in this jam-packed year uh, where we're already getting previews for the next set. So <laughs> if you didn't check them out last week on, um, what do they call it? Weekly MTG? Weekly MTG uh, previewed a number of cards, including a new Planeswalker card for Ren and Seven. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more as we get closer to, uh, Innistrad itself. Before, before we get into world, I just have a, so I'm excited about Ren, uh, but, uh, I have exclusive Ren lore that I want to talk about just very briefly. Uh, why was Ren and six afraid of Ren and seven? Because Ren and seven, <sighs> Ren and eight, Ren and nine. There you go. That's exclusive. Vorthos cast exclusive. You won't you won't find that information anywhere else. That joke has already been told like a bajillion times on Twitter. Nah, it's new. <laughs> I didn't see it, so it doesn't count. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a big excited for Ren. Uh, but we'll we'll have time to talk about the new things happening on Innistrad later. By not like later this episode, like. Give it weeks. We'll wait till previews are out and we get a Planeswalker's Guide and you see all the art and stuff. This, this, we'll get there. If if you have not played on an Innistrad set before or if, you know, it's it's been like, what, like five years since Shadows mm-hmm. over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon? Yep. Maybe you don't remember a lot about Innistrad. Uh, maybe you're just new to magic. Either way, over the next uh, month, we are going to do uh, a lot of Innistrad backstory. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the world building. In two weeks, we're going to talk about... Crap, are characters or story first? Characters is first. Talk about the major characters. Legends, yeah. Legends? yeah. Is that what we're titling it? I don't know. Uh, and then we'll talk about like the stories. Catch you up like, hey, previously on Innistrad. This is our second return to Innistrad, right? So we got a lot to talk about. So I let's... Just, jump into the world of Innistrad, what it's about. This is this is gothic horror world. Uh, started as a... Uh, revised the entire Watsy concept of what top-down sets can be way back when. God, that was almost ten years ago now? It was almost exactly ten years Jeez. ago. Jeez, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know uh, especially like classic... Um, classic... Uh, English horror is is a, especially Victorian England. I had a hugely influential impact on on Western horror stuff that got replicated in a lot of the twenties and thirties, and uh, as, as cinema became a thing. So so we're looking at things like Frankenstein and Dracula, you know, ghost stories like the Christmas Carol, and uh, you know, you know, the werewolves howling at the moon, and uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of classic monster movie type vibes, uh, which are rooted in those old periods of literature. Uh, and then we got uh, some cosmic horror stuff in there with uh, Emrakul's incursion during uh, Shadows of Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, um, which is uh, fans had mixed feelings about. Uh, I personally liked. I think Eldritch Moon had the absolute best visual aesthetics of any magic set ever, but that's because I really like body horror. Uh, and That's because you and I are like giant The Thing <laughs> fans, right? So it was The Thing, The Set. 
John Carpenter's The Thing is my absolute favorite horror movie and is easily in my top five films of all time. I adore that movie. I'm not saying it's like a prerequisite to date me, because if you haven't seen it, I will beg and beg and beg to show it to you. But like, yeah, no, I I adore it. But that's a very minor specific story thing that happened. Innistrada as a whole is gothic horror. You're going to see high gothic architecture, a very intricate, you know, cathedral towers, um, a lot of uh, villages on the edge of dark and spooky woods, um, a lot of bats flying in front of a giant glowing moon in the night sky, lightning storms fueling eldritch science experiments. Uh, that, that's all. That's, that's the vibes we're going for. Uh, every, every, around every corner, looking in every shadow is something scheming to bring humanity to its end. And humanity, steadfast, relentless, tough, fighting back, doing everything they can to ward off the night and the darkness that dwells within themselves and around them. Just a minor kind of humorous flavor note. I love that the more... Uh, British horror stuff is set on a Germanic flavored plane, while with Eldraine we have a bunch of like German fairy tales on a very British medieval plane. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I I probably have a big rant in me. Not a rant. I guess just a big discussion point somewhere about modern fantasies. Ugh. What's the word I want to like? pan-northern European flavors. Mm-hmm. If it borders the North Sea, it kind of gets thrown in a bucket. To be fair, Vikings, right? Right, well, <laughs> and, 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 like... <laughs> they, they're kind of everywhere. But, uh, like, I mean, we, we, we see, like, one other thing, you know, one of the things... No, this is a whole tangent. I'm not going on this tangent. Well, let's talk about the Church of Avacyn. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's not horror without the good, the light, the thing that protects us. So Innistrad is a theocracy uh, led by the Church of Avicen. Uh At the top of the church, uh, for the angels at least, was the Archangel Avicen, uh, And then four Archa- well, three Archangel sisters below her, one of which was uh, killed. Uh, way back when, and then Avicen was killed fairly recently. But we'll, we'll get into that later. We're not going to get too much into the individual character histories. Innistrada is a plane with uh, long local traditions and the Church of Avicen. Uh, so I, I think it's important to mention that Soren Markov created the Church of Avicen to ensure that the vampires didn't feast, overfeed on the humans but that the Church of Avicen itself is tasked with the defense and protection of humanity for the sake of balance and order on the plane. Right. So Av- uh, Mark- Soren Markov created Avicen, uh, and her power would deliberately wax and wane uh, with the strength of humanity. If humans got too strong, they would find their magic subtly getting weaker, uh, if humans were very, very weak compared to the monsters of the night, uh, the, their magic would be very strong. And the purpose was to make sure that there would be a feeding stock for years to come. Because left to their own devices, uh, the vampires and the werewolves would have, would try and wipe humanity out. So at the top of the Church of Avicen is the Lunark, who is the pontiff. 
Uh, the Lunarch was killed in the first Innistrad. Achaeus. Right. And replaced with a council of bishops called the Lunarch Council, uh, who were more or less a lot of them were corrupt. <laughs> the, um, they got in, infiltrated by a, a demon-worshipping cult, but that's another thing we can talk about later. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to demons. Uh, so angels uh, answer prayers on Innistrad and an- angelic magic, specifically Avicinian magic, uh, empowers uh, the the members of her church. Uh, there are several distinct orders of um, flights of angels, uh, each of which falling under one of the angel sisters. There is the Flight of Gold Knight, uh, who are associated with the sun. Um, they're the soldier angels. They're the ones who help train Cathars, which we'll talk about in a second. There's Flight Alabaster, who are the angels that personify the blessed sleep. And they're the ones who uh, ward against the desecration of the dead. And then there's the Flight of Herons, who are the angels of birth and purity. Uh, And the uh, Flight of Herons is kind of the last one left after after Eldritch Moon. uh, And so many of the other angels were wiped out. And Sigarda is the sole remaining archangel. Uh, So we don't know exactly how that's going to work out. But there was sort of a rift in the church in Shadows over Innistrad where there were people who were specifically part of a Sigardian sect when Avicen started turning on people, which we'll get to when we get to the history of stuff. I don't get too much into that. Um, so where the church exists now, uh, whether or not the Sigard- the, the Sigardian sect um, has taken power, we'll have to wait and see in Innistrad. But now that we've talked about the good... well. So now that we've talked about the angels, they're also Cathar. These are the warrior priests. Uh, they're the defenders of humanity. Uh, they usually, sometimes they'll have some um, some magic. Sometimes they'll just be a guy with a sword standing against the uh, monsters that go bump in the night. Uh, and it doesn't always work out for them. Yeah, they are, they are basically the Van Helsings of the world. Both devout religious figures and... Uh, you know, you know, either you know, martial prowess with silver weapons or uh, arcane mages that wield holy magics in Avison's name. So uh, they are they are a big part of the forces that or uh, the institutional forces that protect humanity. There's a lot of small villages with a lot of local things. But uh, the, yeah, the Cathars are the big church cops, <laughs> I guess, is what we'll call them. So they're also often armed with uh, blessed silver, usually moon silver, uh, which has special properties on Innistrad because of the silver moon, which has a lot of interesting properties that is probably part of the reason, uh, or at least very uh, closely aligned with the uh, all of the monsters of the plane, uh, because the moon affects many of the monsters. Uh, and as we'll talk about some of these other ones, there's there's a lot of this moon silver involved in things. Yeah, a lot of a lot of planes in magic have like the one big weird magical thing. Uh, you know, Ikoria had the Ozolith and, and the, those crystals that mutated uh, all all the monsters on the plane. Plus the the concept of bonding with monsters. Yeah, and like Innistrad has a silver moon that is like really 
weirdly magical in ways that a lot of people in the plane still don't understand. But if it works, it works. Also, <laughs> there's one thing about that that I, I, I suddenly am questioning. How do they get pieces of the moon? Do they, like, have space shuttles that go up and harvest it, or...? I think it has all fallen to the ground at some point. Maybe when Sorin uh, took the chunk out for the Hell Vault, which is, again, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. A whole He brought a whole bunch more with him. Kind of like, where'd all that kryptonite come from? <laughs> you got enough to piece together a whole other planet? To the moon? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't You're know. supposed to know, Jay. <laughs> he He just got it from the moon. How he did it? We don't know. He could, in theory, planeswalk to the moon. We have canon evidence of planeswalkers planeswalking to satellites of planes. So, yeah. thank you, someone on the moon. And anyway, Sorn Markov, astronaut. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yep, that's uh, my canon. Let's talk about monsters for a second. Let's talk about monsters. So, one of the key features on Innistrad is that uh, is the concept of the blessed sleep. And that is something that is basically all the church promises. They can't promise that a monster is never going to eat you. But what they can promise is that once that monster eats you, you won't rise up as a zombie. You won't rise up as a spirit. That's kind of what the faith is all about. They, they try and keep you from getting eaten. Uh, but the blessed sleep is really the eternal promise that you will get an eternal rest because it is very difficult to get that on Innistrad. Because uh, spirits tend to linger and roam. There are lots of different um, necromancers, which we'll get into in a second. But let's talk about spirits specifically. Yeah, I, I just want to preface this with, like, there are four major monster tribes. Uh, Innistrad has subtle tribal themes. Uh, and these four main monster tribes kind of play up the, well, humanity is the real monster all along. So all of these kind of are, are ways that humans can become monsters on the plane. And the first is ghosts. Because if you die and your soul doesn't go back to space, then you become a ghost and you have gripes. Go back to space. Uh, and one of those things is moon silver has a lot of imprisoning properties. So part of the idea is with all of this moon silver, or at least my headcanon, is with all of this moon silver around, uh, it's much harder for spirits to depart. And we see that a lot in certain regions of the plane that have a lot more moon silver than others. But ghosts are, I mean, these are ghosts. These are your poltergeists, your whatnots. Um, they are, they they range from uh, malevolent to benevolent. Uh, the benevolent ones really played a major role in the shadows over Innistrad, in the defeat of the Eldrazi. Um, whether or not they'll continue to do so, we'll have to see. Uh, because some people, they're, when they die, their unresolved thing is, I did not protect all the people that I could. And you see that in like, the Geist of St. Traft, mm -hmm. uh, who's a benevolent avenging spirit, basically, as opposed to the more malevolent, angry poltergeists that are, are fairly typical in pretty much any kind of ghost lore. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, heavily, they're heavily inspired by Marley's ghost from uh, Christmas Carol. They're often wrapped in chains with like heavy cloaks and hoods, uh, oftentimes with like long spindly fingers or multiple arms. Uh, with freezing touches, uh, they can dissolve into mists. I mean, we literally have a spirit from Innistrad called Rattle Chains, which I think is one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite spirit names from from the world. They are they are noisy. They are they're gonna howl in the night uh, because they have unfinished business, 
And sometimes it's just bugging someone from their old life. <laughs> yeah, it, they, they're probably one of the most diverse of the monsters mm-hmm. in terms of what they can be, what they can do, and why they're doing it, what their motivations are. Yeah. Uh, but in order to keep them contained, the church uh, has blessed graveyards called graphs that, um, or it's really just a, a term for, for a graveyard. There are a lot of different kinds of graphs in the uh in the lore that's g-r-a-f not g-r-a-p-h uh they're not charting of the spirits they are keeping them in a graveyard similarly in the graveyard are the bodies of the people who die and they often get raised and there are two different ways that someone gets raised as a zombie on innistrad there are stitchers or necroalchemists and there are ghoul callers uh, the stitchers are your Frankenstein monster. They literally stitch together uh, a body and use alchemy to animate it using a very flammable substance. And there are ghoul callers who are kind of your more traditional uh, magic-based necromancers. There are two pretty major ones on the plane you might have heard of, Gisa and Geralf. Is it Geralf or Geralf? Gisa has the heart. I, I've always pronounced it Geralf, both with the hard G. They were in the game in Magic Legends, and like we should have this, but I don't remember how they pronounced it in the game. And it's going to be gone in like two months. So yeah, <laughs> uh, all all those legends lost in time, like tears in rain. Oh, sweet Jesus! Uh, so the the stitched together zombies are called scabs, uh, while the uh magically reanimated zombies are called ghouls and that's how you can tell which is which also they they align with blue and black they are they all align with blue and black yeah the the two genders (laughs) so the scientifically reanimated ones are blue and the uh, magically reanimated ones are black then we get into our vampire houses who are not technically undead on innistrad I, I also just, like, adore that this is a backwards solution. So we got Soren Markov, who's from Innistrad, uh, as a vampire planeswalker in the original Zendikar. And he existed. Uh, and then Innistrad came out, and it turns out, oh, this is Soren's homeworld. Well, when you die, your spark is extinguished. So you can't have an undead thing naturally be a planeswalker. So how do we explain that Soren, a planeswalker, continues to be a vampire? And their solution was, uh, well, a long, long time ago, there was a guy named Edgar Markov, who uh, was an alchemist who was trying to solve, uh, trying to find a solution for a famine that was plaguing his lands. And so he did, uh, he partnered with a, a demon and exsanguinated an angel and did this whole magical ritual thing and had people drink blood and it turned them into vampires. Look, we don't need to worry about our dwindling crops. We can just feed on human blood uh, and it'll make us immortal. Uh, and, you know, that turns out to be a bad thing <laughs> in the long run. <laughs> yeah, because all of them are not that capable of reining themselves in, uh, which is something Soren noticed after a few thousand years. Yeah, he finally took notice that uh, the bloodlust and the bloodthirst and the violence and the hunger does not end. And uh, the vampires of Innistar are very hedonistic. They are they are the rich nobility. Uh, they are 
live in fancy mansions. Aristocrats. Uh, yeah, they're they are they are the Dickensian aristocrats, except instead of chugging down goblets of liquid chocolate, it's goblets of blood from the peasants that's live on their live on their grounds. Uh, so there's a bunch of uh, vampire families, houses, you know, aristocratically. You know, this is a similar concept. So there's House Markov that Edgar leads. Uh, Soren is part of that family. Uh, sort of. They hate him because uh, <laughs> he made Avicen, who kills the vampires. Uh, there's House Voldauren, uh, ruled by Olivia. Uh, she's the progenitor of that house. Uh, there's House Stromkirk, uh, which they uh, those vampires tend to live by the sea. Their progenitor is Runo. Uh, he worships a kraken monster thing he's part of a cult it's great uh and then there is uh house falconroth which uh we don't know who the progenitor is but uh the, the he cur- did the current leader is uh anya uh she is looking to regain power it's kind yeah. of a fractured house yeah she's the person who wields the most influence um but it's but it's not like she rules over like the progenitors do and, and there's a bunch of minor houses um that really aren't talked about anywhere but they exist uh, and and the vampires are uh... right. Like you see the like the I think the Morers are one. You see the twins of the Morer estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole Innistrad plane shift is about uh, Strathon Morer, something like that, who ends up becoming a reskinned Strad for a Innistrad based Curse of Strad tech, uh, campaign. Yeah, uh, and and vampires transmit their vampiric curse through an alchemical ritual that uh more people than you'd expect volunteer for yeah they are generally bad people (laughs) the the progenitors took the alchemical ritual and then below them they uh they have to do like an exchange of blood they bite someone and then give their blood yeah that that's what i mean it's it's not it's not the same ritual that the progenitors did it is a its own little ritual and those progenitors were all, we should note, they were all, like, Edgar Markov's, like, lackeys or friends and family, and now they all kind of hate each other. Soren is literally <laughs> his grandson. Yeah, it's nepotism at its finest. <laughs> and then when you move into the woods, you have werewolves. So the werewolves of Innistrad are, like, people, no one really knows. There, There's a lot of, like, theories on how uh, the lycanthropy uh, originates. But uh, what we do know about it is it's like these nature spirits in disharmony. And when a certain person afflicted by it will suddenly hear like the howls in the night of a howl pack of a a pack of werewolves, they'll be they'll have this uncontrollable urge uh, to go out to them. Uh, They'll transform and uh, usually join a join a pack that night. Um, and then like, they may or may not remember it. It's like, could be a dream thing. Some people like Arlen eventually get a lot more control over it, but yeah, it's, it's not a fun condition because you, you're a pretty nice guy during the day. Uh, and then in the evening you might eat your family <laughs> if you're, if you are not super careful. And even if you are super careful and then they're just sociopaths. They're weird. Like, I, I don't know. There's uh, other than the... There's no confirmation that the curse is transmitted through bites. Like, they're just werewolves, right? <laughs> Except for a small period of time when uh, Avison returned and uh, some mm-hmm. werewolves chose to be good guys, basically. And uh, they became these, like, I know if I say half werewolf, half human, 
that just makes it sound like it's like 75% human, 25% wolf, but like, I don't know how to describe that, but it's, it's like half transformed werewolves uh, called Wolfier, who served Avacyn and became protectors of people in the woods. Avacynian magic, like, put the spirits back in harmony. Yeah. Like the, the nature spirit that was conflicting against the person's spirit. Yeah. The curse mute. Yeah, they were around for a little while. We don't know really, there's there's not very many of them left, if any. Uh, and we don't really know much about the Howl Packs, because they were all decimated in Eldritch Moon. So we'll have to see what's left. Yeah, I guess this is more of a, a story thing. But uh, the werewolves, because of their connection to the lunar magic on Innistrad, were incredibly affected by Emrakul's corruption. A lot of werewolves became Emrakul, you know, Eldrazi drones. The next Innistrad set, Midnight Hunt, deals focuses you know focuses mostly on werewolves so uh we'll find out what their deal is i guess so before eldritch moon there were a number of hell packs there was the kralin horde which was the longest led by someone named ulrich ulrich and i think he got a card in shadows over innistrad right he did uh ulrich is neat because uh he has enough respect from the werewolves that even when he's in his human form other werewolves will listen to him even if they're transformed uh he is that brutal of a hunter they are your general werewolves. They're they're a mix of people who don't really want to be werewolves and people who love, who are like sociopath werewolves. There was the Mondronin who used magic. Um, they were the the like coven of werewolves. The Lirog, who are the most tight knit and vicious. They uh, they're mostly they're or they're gone now. I think completely. I there was know. the Vildin. <laughs> there was the and then there was the Vilden um who went back deep into the woods uh and it generally includes people who are like already murderers that get uh called into this pack. And then like we said there was the Wolfier, they formed a hell pack called the Silverful Silver Furs and it's not really clear what happened to them. And then all of the like uh, Lorelai was saying all the ones that became warped by the Eldrazi uh, became known as the Drone Pack. Then we got demons and devils. Because <laughs> we, we have a plane where there were a bunch of angels protecting humans, spreading light and salvation. Uh, there is a huge tear in the earth filled with fire and sulfur and brimstone called the Ash Mouth. Quite literally a rift to hell uh, where uh, both cackling devils who who cause all kinds of pyromantic mischief uh spawn from but also the evil deal-making demons who seek nothing more than power and influence over Innistrad the demons have a habit of being reborn when they're killed if you uh you know the church kills a demon the demon will just eventually pop back out of the ash mouth uh, and so they devised a whole system called the Hell Vault that we'll talk about in a, in a little bit when we, we get to some of the towns and stuff um, to contain the demons. And they have all kinds of cults. Uh, you know, we mentioned before in uh, Shadows of Renistrad, uh, there is a, a cult of a demon named Ormondal who tried to, uh, would try to succeeded in infiltrating the Lunark Council of the Church. Yeah, they're, they're called the Skarsdag Cult. And they're the largest and most prevalent, and generally the most powerful demon on the surface is the leader, the one worshipped. You know, what cannot be destroyed must be bound is kind of a phrase associated with the Church of Avacyn. Demons cannot be destroyed, so they must be bound. Um, the Hell Vault 
uh, is going to be one of the major ways to do that. Uh, although we did get a fun card in the original Innistrad block, uh, Elbris, the Binding Blade, which is like a little dagger that, you know, uh, the demon Withengar was, was trapped in. Uh, and if you do a blood ritual with the dagger, you can release the demon inside. And that now it's just like cool horror flavor top-down stuff. That's that's really all that there is to say about that. The devils kind of take the place of goblins in this world. That's the best way to describe <laughs> them. They are small red creatures causing causing havoc and chaos and fires and pain. And... Then the Eldrazi mutations. So uh, the effect of Emrakul on the plane created a lot of gross things <laughs> awesome gross body horror creatures but also mutated a lot of like one-off monsters like the gitrog monster yeah or at least that's the implication that it got uh they got further mutated um it's not totally clear if the gitrog monks gitrog monster existed before uh emrakul but there are a lot of little cults all over the plane too uh, various one-off monsters that are around that aren't one of these larger tribes. Uh, so so I mentioned uh, Runo Stromkirk worships a kraken. Uh, the kraken is called the Kralmar. The Kralmar was affected by Emrakul's mutations. We don't know what has come of that. Um, you know, the, the Kralmar is the thing that will appear in like one or two lines of text in a publication every couple of years. Uh, we don't really mm. know much about it. Uh, you know, Runo still doesn't have a card. Mm. Maybe we'll get it this time. I, God, I hope so. Emrakul got imprisoned in the moon. You know, what cannot be destroyed must be bound. I, I don't know if imprisoned's the right word, because that, that She that imprisoned whole... herself. The card is... That's a story podcast. Uh, no, th- this is important. <laughs> this is... The, the specifics are story. The world building is... There is an Eldrazi titan in Anastrod's moon. Have fun with that. <laughs> it's not clear how much post shadows over Innistrad she's continuing Emrakul still continuing to influence the plane so that's something we'll probably find out here whether it's a large influence or a small influence we will have to see let's let's talk about the uh geographic breakdown of the plane so there are four major regions of the plane uh, although there's more than this we know for a fact there's more of this because it um one of the texts talks about uh, different kinds of lycanthropes across the sea that yep. aren't just werewolves. There there are other continents. We know there's at least a, one polar ice cap. Innistrad big, and we see a very small part of it. It's true of a lot of magic yep. lines. So Gavany is the rocky moorlands where the majority of human civilization is located. It's divided into five parishes. One is the high city of Thraben which is the capital of the Church of Avicen. Uh, it's on the River Kerch, and it borders this giant lake called the Lake of Herons. Um, this is where the Cathedral of Avicen is located, and the Hell Vault, the magical shard of moon silver where Avicen would imprison demons, uh, was located here, uh, where Soren created it a thousand years ago. We don't know very much about its status. It kind of got uh, destroyed a whole lot in Eldritch Moon in with the fight of Emrakul took place there. Yeah, that, that, that is the status of the city of Thraben. Uh, the Hell Vault itself is destroyed. Hell Vault gone. We'll talk about how that happened next time. Another time. <laughs> the next parish is called uh, is a group of three, actually, it called Nearheath. Uh, that includes Videns. Uh, which is like where all the wine is made. Uh, the town of Han Weir was there until it got up and walked away during Eldritch Moon. <laughs> One of my favorite cards. 
Whittle is also there. Oh god, I'm realizing how bad some of these puns are now that I'm saying it out loud. Whittle is the lumber town. <laughs> it is where the uh, also where the Leerog Halpak uh, hung out. And then there's Ephalon, uh, which is the closest to Stencia, and it's where vampires kind of have a hold in Gavini, where otherwise they're all pushed back. So if you're doing the government bookkeeping uh, in in uh, these three uh, parishes, you keep track of that information in the Nearheath ledger. Why else so quiet? I don't know if you're joking or if that's a, a real thing you're saying. <laughs> I don't know if it's a joke I missed, that's all. It's a joke. That was a Heath Ledger joke. It, it, it was. It was very clearly a joke. I just refused to acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Heath Ledger. Sorry. The near oh. Heath Ledger. Come on, Jay. Christ. Okay. All right. All right. The last parish is called the Moorland. Uh, this is where you'll find Rider's Lock, which is where uh, some of the famous Cathars to the story were these mounted patrol uh, where they where they originate from. Uh, you'll also find the ruins of Trustad, which is where uh, Gisa and Gralf had a little war and destroyed their hometown. Um, it happens. That's where their conflict started because they're from there. But ne- because of nepotism, uh the church overlooked them for until it was too late. But we'll talk about that during our story episode. The next major region is Nefalia. I is, love Nefalia. It is the coastal region. Uh, it's known for its silver beaches and its uh, n- and the Nebelgast, which is this tide of spirits that uh, comes in with the tide. Uh, the spirits of people dead from sh- shipwrecks and things like that. Yep. The beaches glitter. Uh, because of the flecks of moon silver in the sand. And I think that's cool as hell. That, that's got to be magical. And its connection to the spirits makes me think that the moon silver is part of the reason there are so many spirits that remain on the plane. Uh, there are three major towns in Nefalia. Uh, there's Havengul, which is the closest city, closest thing to a city that can compare to Thraben in the plane. It's also where Elgod, the Elgod grounds are. Uh, it is where uh, Cathars are trained. Drunau uh, is where you will find uh, the Stromkirk Manor. Uh, it is where Runo Stromkirk, he's the only one of the four major families who has a headquarters outside of Stencia, which is a region we'll get into in a second. And then there's Selhof, which is just kind of a foggy port town. Uh, it is where the Nebelgast is strongest, however. So the fog will roll in, and so will the spirits and poltergeists. Yeah, there's... um. There's a lot of international trade and sailing ships on Innistrad. That's, again, you know, there are a lot of seafaring peoples, fishermen, uh, and I guess fishers, and and those those folks, sea folks. So, like, again, we, we have hints that this plane is larger, and, and the Nefalian coast is kind of the, our gateway to a world that we don't get to see yet. Maybe hope one day. Uh, but let's, let's Kessig. Kessig is great. Beautiful trees, beautiful forests, nothing to worry about. Kessig is is the big wilderness, the big primeval forests of Innistrad. Uh, one in particular, you know, the main the main forest that kind of cuts Kessigog, the main forest that like cuts Kessig off from the rest of the the human population is called the Ulvenwald, a dark and twisted wood filled with ancient magic and horrible nature spirits and all kinds of things, giant bugs and nefarious tree folk. Who knows what's in there? 
lots of werewolves, it turns out. This is where the bulk of Innistrad's werewolves live. Throughout Keswick and the Ovenwald, uh, there aren't really any major cities. Uh, there are mostly small villages, uh, either farming villages um, like uh, Lambholt or um, Gatstaff is the other one. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are just uh, small villages uh, where it's a lot of local people doing local things. Um, you know, if if they want help from the church, the church has to send someone out here. Basically, uh, these these this is the hinterland. People with like raccoon skin hats. Well, not raccoons. Are there raccoons in Europe? I don't think so. Are there? I don't know. <laughs> there might be now. There's there's furriers and hunters and and wilderness wanderers. This is also where Davriel lives. He has a little manor next to a swamp. Well, not next to a swamp, like near a swamp. In a town named Verlassen. Verlassen. Uh, yeah, just kind of like really out in the middle of nowhere. It is where he lived in Children of the Nameless. Sure. I don't know if he still lives there. That's fair. Too much attention. Because uh, there implication. Yeah, there's implications that he moves on rather quickly. The Ulvenwald also is noted as having only been really settled formally in the last few centuries uh so it's also the most like untamed area there's a lot of magic here that uh, people aren't familiar with yeah this is this is the magical nature woods and i should note about all of this is you know while the church of avison has kind of homogenized magic across the plain there's also there's rich magical traditions that predate avison all over the place uh, a lot of like one-off unique things that aren't don't really do well as a faction in a set, but they exist. Yeah. Uh, Innistrad is a plane that has, uh, let's see, known over 6,000 years of history, because we know Sorin is older than 6,000 years. And Avacyn was only created 1,000 years ago in story. So we have, like, at least 5,000 years more, at least, there are more than 5,000 years of local traditions that may still exist in the woods. Little, Little superstitions that may or may not work. And not every cult was uh, was to a man-eating frog, right? Like some <laughs> yeah, were to right. supposedely benevolent entities, right? <laughs> some of that was hinted at uh, the on the uh, magic uh, stream today. Yeah, like well, there are festivals and whatnot. Hold, hold that thought. We'll get there. It is very exciting that some images of that came out, though. First, first let's talk about Stentia, the. Uh, the Razor Peaks, the mountains. Uh, this is near where the Ashmouth is in Stensia, right? Uh, the Ashmouth is in Stensia, yep. It's right in the middle. This is where the vampires live, up on uh, craggy cliffs and precarious peaks. So there's a Z-shaped mountain range uh, called Gear Reach, divided into inland and outland valleys. Uh, and so most of civilization, quote-unquote civilization in Stensia is in the inland valleys. The Gyre valleys are... Gyre Reach are are very, very remote, um, and that's generally where uh, the most powerful vampires are. Uh, and the church has never been able to make a foothold in there. Yep, this is you know this is this is where the Markovs and the Falcon Wraths and the Boldarins live. There are human settlements. The human villages are small and poor, uh, and constantly living in fear of the vampires. Uh, there are some werewolves. Yeah, so we should also note it's there's there's not a strict dividing line. Right. Like it helps to think of, you know, Kessig is the werewolf place, Nefalia is the spirit and geist place and the zombie place, Stensia is the vampire place, but it's not quite that neat. 
you know, there are demons and devils in Stencia. There's a lodge of demon hunters in Stencia that live basically outside the Ashmouth. There's there's a lot of things all over, you know. Uh, Nefalia has the Gitrog monster and various cults to to see ancient sea gods. Um, Gavany has, you know, various necromancers hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Also has werewolves in some smaller forests outside the Ulvenwald. Yeah, broad strokes, but yeah, that's interstellar geography. So yeah, Brian, the thing you said, the thing that was said on the stream, uh, Avicen is dead. Avicen is dead. Uh, the last time we were on Innistrad, there was, I guess I'll call it a religious cataclysm. A lot of angels were killed. A lot of people could no longer trust in the church. And there's been kind of this resurgence of local traditions. If you want to think about it in Earth terms, we we are in a, a pagan renaissance, <laughs> is, is I guess the <laughs> phrase I will dump. Yeah, I'm excited for people to to see more of that. But uh, we, we are... We are not at the point where we are talking about Midnight Hunt yet. We'll get there. So what we'll say is af- after Avison is dead, uh, we did not have time to process that last time we were there because we had an Eldrazi to kill. Now we're going to start to see how humans are dealing with it. Innistrad the Midnight Hunt deals with something called the Harvest Tide Festival, which is mentioned in the preview article that's now out. Oh, they did. Good. Yes. Halloween. Yeah, it is. It, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Happy Halloween, Innistrad. So I don't get in trouble, I'm going to read exactly what they've printed. (laughs) Despite plenty of werewolves and other denizens of the night, there's strength and hope for the humans gathered deep in the woods of the Keswick countryside. But the story doesn't end there with one bonfire of a party. And we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, But basically, this is a positive thing. Uh, The the Join the Dance, this card is green and white. Uh, You can tell it is good for the humans. Um, it is a ritual with warlocks to maintain balance on the plane as the sun rises later and sets sooner. So uh, we will we will get into that when we get there. Yeah, God, ah. things are changing on Innistrad. It's like the little bit the little bit of steam was released from the NDA vault, which is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, but no, let's end this episode before we talk anymore about Innistrad before we get in trouble yeah Yeah. so let's move on to final thoughts my final thought is we got a kitty uh her name is may um arjun is very excited everyone in our house is very excited um i think the only person who uh has not well i should also mention we're in a new house my in-laws moved in so everyone is very excited about this cat because we all used to have a cat and none of us had a cat in like five years or more and so May is getting just like a ridiculous amount of love and attention in the house. Good. Right now. She deserves it. She's adorable. My final thought is that uh, I am in between vacations. Uh, I was uh, up in Maine for a week with uh, one of my partners visiting their parents. And it was great. We went sailing. It was relaxing. The weather was gorgeous. God, I hadn't seen the ocean in a couple years. It was wonderful to be on the water. I, I was very relaxed. I very much needed that. Uh, and I'm very excited uh, next week. Uh, I guess I guess when this episode comes out, it will be a couple days before I uh, fly out to Seattle and visit another partner. So that's uh, exciting. My final thought is that Dimension 20's new show is go- coming out soon, and I cannot wait. Uh, I just, I'm just super stoked. The Dimension 20 crew is super uh, super sweet. Um, all their shows have been side-aching hilarious. It's well worth your dropout subscription. Not sponsored, even though I'd gladly take it, but 
<laughs> they they are great, and you should check them out because Brandon Lee Mulligan is hilarious, and all of their shows have been awesome. I've I've watched a lot of stuff he's done with College Humor, just outstanding. I just finished season two of um, Dimension Twenty. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's good stuff. Yes, it is. I'm I've watched everything they've put out, and I've loved every second of it. If you also like laughing a lot, uh, and hopefully you do because you listen to the show where we have a good time and a uh, little gremlinry peeks into most of our episodes, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthoscast and uh, donate and help support the show today because the fun doesn't continue without your support. Uh, we are very, very graciously thankful to, to all our patrons who keep the show running, who uh, allow us to do fun things we have fun god i really want to talk about the thing we're working on but it's not ready to announce that yet we're gonna have a fun announcement hopefully soon Mm, i don't know i don't know when i'm just gonna be done teasing that we also have a discord server uh the the only way to join our discord is uh to support us on patreon but any run any amount on on patreon you get access to our discord community where vorthoses from around the world are having a blast an eternal preview season, uh, but we are we are kind of had a big break from the magic multiverse in the D and D set, but we we're getting back to magic. We're getting back to fan favorite plane Innistrad. Uh, if you want a place to enjoy new magic lore, new magic art, new magic cards uh, with other Vorthoses, uh, our Discord's the place to be. We have a great time. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.